Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett coming to you on the Thursday broadcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Hope that your new year is off to a great start. Well, I thought with the new year, maybe we should talk about how we can defeat anxiety. Yeah, that's right. It can be defeated. You don't have to be overcome with anxiety. As a matter of fact, 70% of Americans claim to be filled with anxiety. You know, I had a root canal done recently, and I was becoming anxious about that. I found that if, if I had hope, I could overcome the anxiety of having to go through a root canal. Hey, the same is true with you. You can indeed overcome anxiety. Well, what is anxiety? Well, some have defined anxiety as this uneasy feeling, uh, this feeling of uncertainty, this agitation, this dread, this worry, or this fear. I think from time to time, we all face it. I think sometimes we are, are successful in overcoming it. Sometimes we are not. But I found there's some ways to overcome anxiety in your life. And if you will follow these steps, they're not that complicated, you will discover that you can be set free whenever anxiety comes your way. Whenever it comes knocking at your door, you can have victory. Well, number one, if you're going to overcome anxiety in your life, you got to think differently. You got to replace those thoughts of anxiety with three things, prayer, thanksgiving, and right thinking, okay? Uh, let's look at Philippians chapter 4, kind of a common or, or popular passage of Scripture where Paul says very emphatically, do not be anxious. And you may be listening to me and say, oh yeah, that's easy for you to say, right? Don't be anxious. But I'm stressed out. I can't help myself. I am anxious because of all that is going on in my life. Furthermore, I was taught to be anxious by my parents, right? Uh, they passed it on down to me. Well, Paul says... Don't be anxious about anything, but instead, so here's the transition. All right, I'm going to replace anxiety with something else. He says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. So I do some of my best praying when I'm filled with anxiety. I tell you one thing, when I was sitting at that dentist chair and they were putting that Novocaine needle into my gum and they were drilling down and doing that root canal, and they were filing down those, those nerve endings. I tell you what I was doing. I was praying. That's right. And I was quoting this verse, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. But what is supplication? We know what prayer is. Prayer is communication with God. Supplication is giving my request to God. So I said, God, Man, I, this is just plucking my nerve, right? No pun intended, uh, but this is plucking my last nerve, Lord. And uh, I'm just asking that you give me some relief, right? As I'm recording this broadcast, I'm praying for somebody right now who is battling the coronavirus and he's in a hospital down in Elizabeth City. And so I'm praying for him as I'm giving this broadcast. I'm praying that his spirit will be calm, that the Lord will bring healing to him, and that that cough that he is battling with right now, that that will subside, that the doctors will have wisdom, that they can help him. And I'm praying fervently for him uh, that God brings about healing. Pray in times of anxiety. But then Paul says, you got to be filled with thanksgiving. Thanking God ahead of time. I thank the Lord ahead of time for the relief of my tooth. And as I'm having this root canal, I'm saying, Lord, thank you. That is not going to be too much longer. And this pain will subside. I will be set free 
from the pain. I need hope to get through this procedure, and my hope is built on the fact that the future is going to be much better than the past. So thank you, Lord, in advance for bringing healing. And then we see God's peace comes in. It is a peace that transcends all understanding. It guards our heart and our minds in Christ Jesus. So I said, you got to think differently. You got to replace the bad, anxious thoughts with prayer and thanksgiving. But then you got to also change the way that you are thinking. Paul says, Philippians 4 9, finally, brothers, think about these things. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, what is lovely, what is commendable, if there is anything of excellence, If there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So I am reprogramming my mind. Here's the truth about a root canal, for example. After the root canal is done, there's a very high success rate that you no longer have any pain in that tooth because the canals of your tooth have been cleaned out and the nerves have been filed down and you're dead into that pain. Here's things that are honorable. As you think about honorable things, live your way in a way of honor. You know, I think about honor. I think about the fact that I want to live my life in such a way that I can be a good example of others to follow. Doing what is just. What is the just thing to do? As you're dealing with people, think about how God has dealt justly with us. Things that are pure, that is things that are untainted with sin. We think about motives being pure. Think about the purity of your motives and how you can live a life of purity. Think about things that are lovely. Sometimes I say, well, I'm, I'm going to go to that space that I, that I enjoy, right? Uh, I enjoy being at the beach. And so sometimes my mind goes to the beach. That's a lovely place for me to be, right? And then things that are commendable. You know, we don't praise those who fail. We praise those who succeed. There's no glory in being defeated by anxiety. The glory comes when we overcome those thoughts of anxiety. Is there anything that is excellent? Anything worthy of praise? Focus on these things. Rick Warren said, you know, the more you pray, the less you'll panic. The more you worship, the less you worry. You'll feel more patient and less pressured. So the first step in defeating anxiety is I got to think different. I got to replace those anxious thoughts with prayer, thanksgiving, and right thinking. Number two, trust something that is bigger and then receive God's full acceptance. We're going to look at a passage that is found right about in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said these words, Matthew 6, 25. I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or about your body, what you're going to put on. Is not your life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you anxious about clothing? And and I love this analogy. I actually get this thought in my mind. Jesus says, 
Consider the lilies of the field. They have grown. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So we think about something that is bigger and then receive God's full acceptance. Uh, This is what we would call the argument from lesser to greater. In other words, we think about the fact that God takes care of his creation. And here we have the analogy of birds, right? They don't sow or reap. They don't store up uh, their food, yet God takes care of them. So don't stress over what you're going to eat. God's going to take care of that. And then we have the illustration of adding to your life. You can't add to your life by being anxious about it. As a matter of fact, you will probably diminish your life. So many things like hypertension and and heart disease and, and even cancer can be related to the level of anxiety in your life. And I'm not saying if you're anxious, uh, that's why you're having heart problems. But what I'm saying is that as we become filled with stress in our lives, it does affect our health. Jesus says, look at the lilies of the field. See how they grow? Uh, They don't toil. They don't spin. And even Solomon couldn't come up with this beauty of a lily in the field. I want you to know that when you trust God, he's bigger than we are. If he can take care of the lilies of the field, if he can take care of the birds of the air, how much more can he take care of us? We are told that my God shall supply for all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So we've talked about thinking differently and replacing anxiety with prayer, thanksgiving, and right thinking, trusting something bigger that we'll receive God's full acceptance. And number three, believe you can overcome it. Don't succumb to the mindset that, well, this is just kind of the generational sin. I come from a family of stressful people filled with anxiety. Now, listen, that excuse doesn't work. I've already tried it, okay? I want you to know I come from a family that is filled with anxiety, depression, and and battles. You know, ADHD. I'm the poster child for ADHD. But I want you to know you can't use that as an excuse because my God is greater. That's right. My God is greater than what was passed on down to me. If God can forgive me of my sins, he can also give me the ability not to be anxious. I believe that I can do all things through Christ. Now, Philippians 4.13 is a passage of scripture that we know very well, don't we? Now, my wife is a very good teacher, and she is one that is always correcting my English, okay? And I got to admit that I can really slaughter the king's English. Well, I know one thing about English, that every sentence has a direct object. Direct object is the main focus of that sentence. When it comes to Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I think many times we put the direct object in the wrong place or we put the emphasis in the wrong place. I'm going to read this verse to you two ways, okay? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Or I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, the emphasis is on I or on Christ. It all depends on how you read that verse. I want you to know that the emphasis must be on Christ. By myself, I cannot do anything. Jesus himself said that. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. I can overcome anxiety, not by my own strength, but because of the strength of Christ. Through him, he strengthens me. Believe that you can overcome 
anxiety. You don't have to succumb to anxiety and find ways to help you through it. And I find one of the ways to help me through it is my life spiritually, asking people to pray for me. Now, whenever I take a trip and I'm going to be on that plane because I'm claustrophobic, I don't like to be on that plane, I discovered if I can get people praying for me at the precise moment that I'm loading on that plane, that I have victory over anxiety. Get people praying for you. Are you getting ready to have surgery? Okay, great. You're anxious about it? All right, let's get some people to pray. Listen, I'll even pray for you, okay? If you shoot me a text and say, hey, would you pray for me? When I get that text, I will pray for you by name. Give me your name and give me the reason that you're filled with anxiety. I'll pray for you at that moment. My number is 252-267-2365, okay? I will pray for you by name, and I'll ask the Lord to give you the strength to go through what you're going through. Well, there's something else that we can do when it comes to this matter of dealing with anxiety. Number four, be humble. Now, I've never been able to overcome anxiety by saying, hey, I'm going to man up and I'm going to take care of this thing. No, I've had to humble myself and admit that this is a problem. You know, I spend a lot of time with people that are, are in recovery. I love people in recovery because they, they tend to be a little more honest than people who are not in recovery. And Peter tells us that we must humble ourselves, 1 Peter 5, 6. Now, this is something that we must do, right? If you refuse to humble yourselves, then you will be humiliated. It's just a matter of time until that happens because pride comes before a fall and a haughty spirit before destruction, right? So Peter says, this is a willful act. You must humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. And then Peter uses a fishing term. He says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So the antidote to anxiety is to humble myself under the mighty hand of God, realizing that at the proper time, he's going to raise me up above this. And then I cast that anxiety on him, remembering that he cares for me. So I don't get the victory by being filled with pride and says, I'm going to take care of this. I get the victory by humbling myself, says, Lord, I need your mighty hand in my life right now. I know that you're going to lift me up at the right time, and I know that you're going to give me victory at the right time. So in the interim, I'm casting this care upon you, this anxiety upon you, because I know that you care for me. Walking in humility. Oh, there's something else that you can do to overcome anxiety. Receive God's peace. You see, it's one thing just to have anxiety eradicated from my life, but I have to have the peace of God fill that void in my life. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. And he says, it's not like the world gives, do I give you. You see, the world's peace is, if I can manipulate circumstances, and if I could cause things to appear to be calm, then I'll be at peace. Uh, The only problem with that is that the world is never absent of conflict. So Jesus says, not as the world do I give you, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now you think about what the world tries to do to give us peace. 
you know, right now we're continuing to battle coronavirus. And there's some people that are that are really stressed out about it, right? And, and so what does the world say? Uh, well, you know, go ahead and, and mask up. Go ahead and have social distancing. Go ahead and take the vaccine. Now, I'm not saying I'm opposed to any of that. But what I am saying is that is the kind of world peace that the world gives us. Because you can still get the coronavirus if you're masked up. You can still get the coronavirus if you have the vaccine. If you are expecting to have peace from coronavirus by taking all these necessary precautions, I want you to know that is the type of peace that the world offers. Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Receive God's peace, that peace that transcends all understanding. Number six, remember who is never going to leave you. Now, one of the things that I have noticed after pastoring the same church for a long time is that people from time to time leave me. It's kind of sad when you think about it, right? And you know that that's true in your life. People leave you, right? You have your neighbors and they move and you have your coworkers and they get other jobs and then you have people that leave you because they pass on. And it's kind of sad when you think about it. Life is just filled with saying hello and goodbye to an awful lot of people. But when you think about anxiety, if you want to have victory, remember who will never leave you. In the book of Joshua, Joshua 9, we read these words. Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. God is with Joshua. Now, Joshua had a tough job to do, right? He had to take and fill the shoes of Moses. Moses was this incredible leader. Now, you look at the life of Moses. He lived to be 120 years. Now, that's not too bad. He spent the first 40 years of his life trying to be a somebody, living in the house of Pharaoh. He spent the second 80 years of his life realizing he was a nobody. He was on the backside of wilderness, taking care of Jethro, his father-in-law's sheep. At age 80, he has this encounter with a burning bush, and he spends the last 80 years of his life being a blessing to everybody. But now Moses is dead, and Joshua is to take over. Joshua feels overwhelmed. How can I fill the shoes of Moses? So he is told that God will be with him wherever he goes. The way that he could overcome being frightened, the way that he could overcome being dismayed, the way that he could become strong and courageous was to remember the Lord was going to be with him wherever he went. He says, just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I want you to know that God will never leave you nor forsake you. So we should trust in him with all of our hearts, not leaning on our own understanding and all of our ways, acknowledge him and he will make path straight. Well, maybe you're listening to me today and said, well, right now, my path is not looking so straight. My lot in life is not looking so good. In Jeremiah 29, now this is a verse that we, we know and we quote often. It's a really good verse. But this verse is in a really bad chapter. In Jeremiah chapter 29, we learn that the people are in captivity. Jeremiah is writing in the middle of the Babylonian captivity, and he says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you good and a future hope. 
You say, wait a minute now. How can we be hopeful? We're in captivity. I want you to know, even when you're in a bad place, the Lord is with you. God knows your future. God may be having you at a bad place because he's getting ready to promote you. Whenever I work with the guys at Indian Creek Correctional Center, especially as they get close to going home, I will say to them, congratulations. You are getting ready to graduate from Indian Creek University. You have learned a few things as you've been incarcerated. You are now ready to go back to society. You're now ready to bring back a blessing to the society because you have learned and you've been corrected. You are walking in the right path. Although you had a wilderness journey here in the correctional center, now you're on the right track and God's going to use you to be a blessing to others. Well, you can have the peace of God with you. You can have the fact that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And there's one other thing that has helped me to navigate through battles with anxiety. I've learned I've got to live one day at a time. You know, oftentimes when I'm feeling like this pressure to be filled with anxiety, I will ask myself, am I okay at this moment? At this moment, am I okay? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I'm okay at this moment. Well, don't worry about the next moment until the next moment gets there. Live one day at a time, one moment at a time. Jesus put it like this, Matthew 6, 34. Do not be anxious about tomorrow because tomorrow has got enough anxiety for itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. Corey Ten Boone said, Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It is moving in tomorrow ahead of time. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. You know, one of the ways that has really helped me is to quote the serenity prayer. Here is the full version of the serenity prayer that was composed in 1940. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as a pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is and not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever and ever in the next. The serenity prayer. That word serenity is an interesting word. I think we can find serenity when we experience the peace of God that transcends all understanding. I can be at peace, the peace of God, because I know that he is in control. I know that he can even guard my heart and my mind when I have him first in my life. The psalmist put it this way, just be still and know that he is God. Just calm yourself and realize God's got this. He's in control and he will give me the courage that I need. I love that word courage. 
So many people wrongly think that the word courage means that I don't have any fear in my life. No, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is found in the strength of the Lord. If I've got the Lord with me, even though I feel like I'm losing my strength and I'm losing my courage to carry on, I'm not afraid. I'm not terrified for the Lord my God is with me. And he's never going to leave me nor forsake me. You know, that's an Old Testament and a New Testament principle. You see, there's something else that God will give us, and that is wisdom. James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Well, my friend, if I can help you today, I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to spend some time sharing with you the truth of God's word. Feel free to give me a call at 757-421-7500. That's the church number for Hickory Ridge Community Church. Or you can call me on my cell phone or uh, leave me a message on my voicemail or or shoot me a text, 252-267-2365. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to help you any way that we can. If you'd like to come worship with us at Hickory Ridge Community Church, we're at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. We have a morning service at 9 o'clock, another morning service at 1030. We have Children's Church for your children. We have Youth Group for your kids. Wednesday night, we have the Iwana Ministry. whole lot of good things happening. We'd love to see you on Sunday. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcasts today. I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.